Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is God Listen. I'm a member of the church, and um, I love Jesus. And as we, you might be aware of, if you've been following the summer series, we have been going through a series called Pointing to Jesus, which the title itself, I just love it so much, Pointing to Jesus. And uh, we had um, John Greenway showing us how John the Baptist, John Greenway, John the Baptist, okay. Yeah, we could have God listen, God listen Isaiah. Yeah, point, showing us how John the Baptist was pointing his generation or his audience to Jesus. And then we had Peter Wood uh, last Sunday showing us how Joshua was pointing us or his generation to Jesus. And today you have God listen Palanjo bringing to you Isaiah and how Isaiah pointed his generation to Jesus and how he's calling us to point our generation to Jesus. And um, just oh, technology. Yes, it's working. Um, just quick um, to show what I'll be uh, covering this morning. I'll be going through Isaiah as Isaiah as a person because Isaiah is a person. And then I'll go a little bit give you um, Isaiah as a book because these are two different things. Isaiah as a person and Isaiah as a book. But also, I'll look into the confirmation where Jesus confirmed one of Isaiah's prophets that actually was written for him. And then, I'll talk a little bit about the year of the Lord and what does that mean and how does that apply to our life in 21st century. And how can we apply that to bring people to Christ or to point people to Christ because that is the whole point of having church on earth. Otherwise, there is no point having church on earth. Okay. And I'll be reading a few readings, and some of them I won't be reading. I'll ask you to go and read at home so you get yourself into, into the Bible. Um, the book of Isaiah has a very important connection in my life. Because in 2010, I had a little bit of spiritual crisis. Um, I was in Tanzania, had like three years of preaching the gospel to the people in the villages, people who have, some of them, they've never seen car in their lives. So you drive in the, in the community, they'll be like, hey, hey, hey. And I, those are the people I was reaching. And then it reached a point where I felt, wait a minute, it just happened, and it can happen to anybody, that is really Jesus real? And apart from my mom and my parents telling me to go to church and hearing all this, can I understand Jesus intellectually? Can I explain to somebody about Jesus without just having this religious way of explaining him. So one of a uh, very good friend of mine is a Korean missionary. He said, God, listen, you are an asset for the kingdom, but you are burned out, and you need to retreat. So I decided to go for school of biblical studies in South Africa, 
And that's where the book of Isaiah turned me around. When one of the speakers was teaching the book of Isaiah, it was very intense school. He showed us how everything that was said about Jesus was fulfilled. And when he read and showed us how this was fulfilled, it was like something just happened and everything was opened to me. And from that point, the book of Isaiah has been my favorite book. I love it. Okay, Isaiah is a person. Isaiah, is, um, his name basically means God saves. And it's good that uh, God listens is talking about God who saves. And um, the way you pronounce it, um, is Yesha Yahu. That Yahu they are standing as Yahweh. That means God saves. But he's one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And when we talk about the major prophets, we talk about the prophets who have large covering of the time when they were prophesying, large writing as well, because you can't compare Isaiah with Nahum. Nahum is a tiny book. But then the work they did during their time. Uh, is best known for pointing to Christ. And that's why I confidently recommend that you read the book of Isaiah and see how that points to Christ. Uh, he was married to a prophetess, even the Bible, even though the Bible is very quiet about uh, his wife. And they had two children. And their children, basically, they were carrying the message of what God was communicating to the kingdom of Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah. And one of them is a very difficult name to, uh, to pronounce, but it's called Mehash Shalal Hashbaz. I want to repeat it again, so I won't bite my tongue. But that name basically um, carried a message of saying the neighboring kingdom, the neighboring nation is coming to plunder the kingdom of Israel. If you are not turning around, if you are not coming back to Yahweh and stop worshiping other gods. Can you imagine, Rebecca, can you imagine your, your son walking around? His name is, they are coming to plunder. And that was, and that was his, but that son was a, was a display message every day to the nation. But at the same time, the other child, his name was uh, Shea Jashib. That's a little bit coming. This name means remnant will come back. You'll be taken to captivity, but Yahweh, who is so gracious, he'll bring you back. And this is the God that we worship. That you might wonder, you might go anywhere you want to go, you might mess up, but always he's there saying, still waiting. The day you come back, the door will be open, there will be room for you. Um, the book of Isaiah dated 700 BC, has two major, th uh, major purposes. And one of them is to call the nation of Judah back to God. And this the message display over and over and over again. But second purpose is that God is telling the story of salvation through Messiah. And that's why I'm here today talk, talking about pointing to Jesus. The theme in this book um, 
has few themes which are very important. The main ones are four, which is holiness, punishment, salvation, and messianic message, which brings hope. As you might read the book of Isaiah, you see him talking about holiness, being separate, being different, in a way that you follow Yahweh because you want to use the nation of Israel to bring salvation to all, to all mankind. But then they didn't listen, so the message of punishment or judgment started coming. And then the message of... of, of uh, but then even they didn't change. Still God gave them assurance that you have messed up so much, but still my salvation is, is open for you. And then you have the message of Jesus himself uh, comparing the message of Isaiah, which was spoken 700 years before he actually before he was born. And that's where I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2. It's a very common scripture. Uh, you have heard it so many times. But today it's coming to you again. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring goodness to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and to open an opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. That is from Isaiah 61, chapter, uh, verse 1 and 2. And then, may I ask Charlotte to read for us from Luke chapter 4. By the way, Charlotte is my wife. So, it's good to have that back up. I'm not quite as confident as him, so... <laughs> Um, 4.16, yeah? Yeah, Luke 4.16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me, to, pro to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Thank you very much. Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. When I was reading this, I was thinking, can you imagine just one random Sunday's Chris Nicholson standing here and read a very random scripture and say, you guys are very lucky this scripture has been fulfilled and he's talking about me. <laughs> Some people, <laughs> they'll be, hmm, we're not sure about that. That's not about him. We know him. We know his parents. 
How many of you have known Chris for over 15 years? How many of you know his parents? So you guys will be like, no. No. I'm sure there will be, the next Sunday, there will be very few people here. If he stresses that message that this is it, there will be have very few people here coming to service. The same thing happened to Jesus. Reading from Isaiah and saying, this scripture has been fulfilled today. And this is the day that this scripture has been waiting for. Can you imagine people start pinching to each other? It's like, no, I don't. no, no, no. He's just a son of Joseph. His father is actually a carpenter. Why is he talking like that? But then, Jesus laid out what actually that means. If you read the first thing that he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That I have a stamp from the Father through Holy Spirit. Secondly, he said, I have been anointed. I am the one for this job. Looking at him, thinking, this guy, because for them, waiting for a Messiah is somebody with military kind of background. But this guy has, even, he has never even had a street fight. How can he say that? And then some, and the uh, crowd was divided. Some of them, they think, oh, he's talking really gracious words. Amazing words. And some of them, they thought, we must kill this guy really quick because he's now bringing some heresy message. But then, one of the things that when I was reading this really struck me is that he went to synagogue as it was normal, as we come to church every day, and he was given a scroll of Isaiah. The attendant, I'm sure, he wasn't aware of what Jesus is going to say. It's just a normal, normal day. Sir, you're now you're on duty to read this. But because God is a God of plan, that day was planned. Jesus opening, it's like, yeah, this is it. But then he highlighted the task which was in front of him. And he said to proclaim good news. Just watching the time to make sure that I'm not taking three hours. <laughs> to proclaim good news to the poor. To proclaim freedom to prisoners. To recover sight for the blind. Physical healing. To set oppressed free. He made it very clear what is he going to do. And there's one thing he didn't say. If you look at Isaiah 61 verse 1 and 2, the last bit of, uh, of, um, the last bit of verse 2, he didn't mention that. Which says, to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus didn't mention that. And on purpose, he stopped there to proclaim the year of the Lord because that last two bits 
is for him for the second return. So he was very, very keen of what to say and what not to say. I love Jesus because he's a very planned man. Got everything on plan. That's very good. But then, where does this take us? He mentioned specifically uh, one of the things, and that's the, the year of the Lord. When you look at the history of the year of the Lord, and that's where I really want us to think through, was the year where things would have been renewed. The year where all the debts will be cancelled. If you have been enslaved, you'll be freed. If you were so poor to the point that you sold your, your land, that land will be given back to you, back to the original owners. This was the year of the Lord. And Jesus came and said, this is my duty, and this is what I'm called to do. To free oppressed, to proclaim good news to the poor. Well done. And that's why I have so much respect for Cap. Thanks so much, Sue. To free people from debts. Helping them to get out of that prison. That's what Jesus came for. And that's what he left for church to do. And if church really believe and strongly church is the followers of Christ, they should be or we should be doing the same. And that's why pointing to Christ, it takes much of genuine love. I have a friend of mine, he loved preaching the gospel back in Tanzania. But I came to realize one day he just liked shouting. Because you can't proclaim good news to people if you don't love them. And people out there, they feel. They feel that communication. When you communicate, that actually this person is just talking to me about Jesus because he want, to feel, he want me to go and fill their church seats. But that is not what Jesus called us for. To love people genuinely to go deeper into their problems and actually have attitude of thinking, I'm helping this person because I want to do it. That is what pointing people to Christ is all about. I love preaching. But it's quite scary. My wife can tell you that. Having nervous the whole night. But then... If all the things that we'll do doesn't have that genuine love, that I'm thinking of this person and I want one day we'll be sitting in heaven. I want to see this person on the other side of the corner. I want to see this person getting out of this 
trouble to have liberty. Because that's what Jesus will do. I think it was Denise one day said she wants to bring all those people who are out there who are forgotten. People who feel like, oh, they're just thinking. I don't want to touch their hands. I don't want to, you know. Those are the people that we should be bringing them here. Have association with them. Make them feel loved and cared for. Because that is exactly what Jesus will do. And that's what it means to proclaim the year of the Lord. There are people who have been oppressed for many years. When I was doing my Bible school in Cape Town, we were doing street evangelism, talking to people, you know. And there was one lady sitting at the corner of, of the street. She looked rough, tired, anything, you name it. She didn't look good. So, a couple of us, we decided to go and talk to her. She said, one thing that really got me to think. She said, I know you guys. Every day, at least one of you people comes talk to me. Just quickly, talk to me. Some of them just come and say, Jesus loves you. But do you really think that means anything to me? She said, I have been here three weeks. I've never had a genuine talk with anybody. Even you see people passing here every time. People give me coins, give me money. And you guys are four of you. I can give you all lunch nice today, nice lunch today. I can do that. But people, they are here just because they want me to follow Jesus, but they don't really care about what I'm going through. You know when you feel like I just want to, I just want to bury my, my, my face in the sand and not hearing what she's saying. But she was speaking her heart, how she feels. She said, I wish there could be one just person who could have time to talk to me. Genuinely, just, you know, let's just talk story of normal life. Not just telling me about Jesus because I've heard that so many times. And those are the people that Jesus will go and sit there with them and talk to them. Because they are outside there. You are sitting there. If somebody is, is out there in the, on the window, you can see everyone of us here. You can see what's going on. If somebody's on the window there, can see everything going on. But because we are all inside here, we can't see what's that person doing there. So the people who are outside there, they see what's going on in the church. They have better view of us than we do sometimes. And those are the people that are pointing to Jesus means reaching those people. Proclaim the year of liberty. Proclaim the year of bringing that person in the community and feel loved and cared for. Bring that person out of debt. Bring that person in the community and feel that I'm a part of something. I'm not just isolated somewhere 
pushed away like a rubbish somewhere in the corner. I'm a human being. I'm loved. Those are the people that Jesus wants them, and those are the people that pointing to Jesus is very important. But there is something that holds us back, and that is fear. And we'll be praying about that soon. Fear makes people don't do what they are supposed to do. You're just so scared and feel like, I can't do it. You know, what will happen if he or she rejects me? Jesus is a perfect example of those who have been rejected a million times. What will happen if, what will happen if, what will happen if? And today, we really need to cross that line. We can cross that line of fear because Jesus crossed it. The work he did was a very difficult thing. But he knew that he has father who has anointed him. So you have the same father who has anointed you. You have the same father who sent Jesus, so the same father is sending you with the power of the Holy Spirit to conquer the fear. And as a church, as a church, We are not called just to fill every seat here. We are actually called to look after well-being of people. I was so much, I was disappointed a few years back in Tanzania. There was this young people really, really on fire. They really want everyone to come to Christ. But I called one of them aside and asked him, why is it so important for you to talk to people, you know, about Jesus and bring them to church? And he said, because my pastor wants to have a big, big, big church. Hmm. Then what? Then what? And I asked, where's your church? And he mentioned his church. And I realize this church is just full of rich, big people who have, who, have, who have everything. And I was like, bro, you know, Jesus needs people of all kinds. And it's not about filling it, and it's not about fulfilling your pastor ambition of having big church and competing with the pastors around the city. Is about actually reaching people with a genuine love that I love that person. I want that person to get out of poverty. I want that person to actually experience the love that I've experienced. Yes. And that is pointing to Christ. So we have task as a church. Isaiah pointed his generation to Christ even though it was miles and miles and miles away. Joshua did the same thing. John the Baptist did the same thing. Disciples of Jesus 
the twelve did the same thing. The early church did the same thing. So, City Hope have to do the same thing. Pointing to Christ. And I really, really, really want us to think um, about this. I want you to think of one particular person. That you don't want to miss him in heaven. That when Jesus will be saying, welcome and have a good rest, you want to look behind and say, I want you to think about that person, just one person. And I want you to make that as your little project. I love projects. It might take you a few days to point that person to Christ. It might take you a month. It might take you years. It might take you a lifetime to point that person to Jesus. But I want you really to take that. I want you to think. And here I'm not preaching just to pass the time. I really want us to think of one person. Could be in your family. Could be at work, your colleagues, your old friend. When you are in those days when you, never, when you didn't know Christ, but you left that person there. I want to think of that. And today we'll be praying. And I want you personally to pray for that person. And I want you to carry on. I have my three people. It's, been, it's taken a while now. But it seems like one of them, I'm getting there. You know? Slowly, slowly. And genuinely show them that you're interested for them to know Jesus because it's important to know Jesus. And also, I want us, this is another second thing as application. I want you also to think of the fear that holds you back. What actually stops you pointing people to this lovely king, the the, the author of life? That's a big thing. Somebody who actually owns life. And he has called us to be part of his mission to bring lost son and daughters back to him. It's an honor. It is, indeed, it is. But what is holding you back? I have my own things that holds me back. But I want us to think in that and we're going to pray for that. We're going to take those things on the cross. We're going to tell Jesus, you came to set people free from fear. And I still have these tiny, tiny fears. Could you today help me to leave them behind? As I'm going to call the... As you keep thinking about that person, just keep thinking of that person. 
Who is that person? You can even write it on your diary. And I want that to be a continuously process. And then think of that little fear that is stopping you, pointing them to powerful God. I'm going to call the band here. And we're going to sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. And I want you to personalize, just personalize that song. Take it as my song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. If we break through from that fear, this place won't be enough to bring to, to kill people, even though we just don't want to fill people for the sake of filling people here. But if we break from that fear of saying, what if he will reject my advice? This place won't be enough to hold, 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 hold their service in, on Sundays. And I'm convinced that the Lord is taking church to a different level. Definitely the Lord is taking our church to a different level. But it's, it's going to take you and me to be part of that connection that is that what Jesus is taking the church. And we don't want to leave anyone behind. We want to go together to that level with Jesus.